Hello and a warm welcome to Translate Stars podcast, a podcast created by language professionals for language professionals. I'm here today. Well, I'm Roberta, Translate Stars content manager, and I'm here today with Ekaterina Trashnikova, and I hope I'm pronouncing it right, a pharmacist, medical translator, and writer. So, um, Ekaterina, how are you? Oh, I'm great. Thank you. How are you? Uh, a bit anxious because the Wi-Fi failed me, but uh, I'm going to be fine. So actually, we're here today to talk about the um, essential role of pharmacology in medical translation. And um, before we start, so you can um, introduce yourself in the chat, as Ekaterina suggested, but also please remember to drop your questions um, if you want to ask Ekaterina anything. And um, please remember that this interview will be recorded so um, you can catch up on it later. Um, so Ekaterina, are you ready? Yeah. Okay, so let's get started. Um, my first question for you is, um, can you please tell us a bit about your background and um, how you got started in the field of medical translation and localization? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, well, uh, I'm a pharmacist originally, and um, I've discovered translation on the fourth year of my studies as a pharmacist because I just wanted to earn some money and I saw a short note uh, on uh, the advertising board uh, in the university. Uh, someone was looking for translators uh, and uh, I called them and that's how it started. And surprisingly, I enjoyed it uh, very much uh, because I've tried uh, by then to work uh, in a pharmacy, um, to promote some products in the pharmacy, also to work behind the counter as a pharmacist uh, assistant something like that. So, uh, but translation really stole my heart back in, it was 2007. Uh, and I enrolled uh, in a program of um, additional education. I uh, finished my studies as a pharmacist and uh, in parallel, I was already studying um, linguistics and translation. Uh, it was a two year program. So, um, it, it really started very quickly because um, I think uh, half a year after I started translating, um, one medical translation agency uh, got me on board as an editor. And I've worked uh, in a translation agency for over two years as an editor and later project manager. Uh, it was a great experience. It, it gave me a wide understanding of the market, deep understanding of the clients and their needs. Uh, but I wanted to develop further as a linguist. So I uh, went uh, freelance and uh, I'm a freelancer since 2010. Uh, I've been uh, creating and delivering webinars and courses for translators uh, starting from 2015, I think. Uh, so now I'm also, yeah, an important part of my journey is that I'm also a medical writer. It's a quite recent development. I work uh, in an agency and I develop all kinds of promotional materials that I 
previously translated and localized uh, as a translator. And uh, it's uh, it also gives me the opportunity to look at this whole process from a different perspective to understand uh, why these materials are developed the way they are and um, uh, some uh, also nuances so connected to target audience uh, and purposes and key messages and so on. Uh, so briefly, that's uh, my background, I think. <laughs> Mm -hmm. That's really um, impressive because at some point you were studying pharmacology and then also studying translation. So that's really impressive. You got to, you know, do these two things almost at once. Uh, well, it was my final year and I had, um, uh, I didn't really have that much studies um, at the pharmaceutical school. So, but it was tough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. Um more in general, um, what challenges do translators and interpreters uh, face when dealing with pharmaceutical or, you know, medical content? And how does the knowledge of pharmacology help overcome these challenges? Oh, okay, let's turn to this one. Yeah, uh, it's a really good question. From my students and my colleagues, I know a lot of people who are linguists and would love to translate medical texts, medical documents, because they just love uh, medicine. And um, I think one of the main challenges is that <clears throat> there's so many information to digest and to translate medical texts, it might seem overwhelming. And uh, especially if we talk about drug products and pharmaceutical translation, uh, for example, prescribing information or some scientific articles, or maybe even uh, articles about drug products for a wider audience, for lay audiences, uh, they also may be challenging because uh, the translator has to know a lot of uh, terms and concepts, uh, understand different processes, uh, in human body and uh, how the drug works. Uh, so pharmacology is actually, uh, it provides a kind of structure and basis uh, to understand all this because pharmacology is uh, how drug products uh, affect human body, how they work. And also pharmacology covers what happens to these molecules when they enter hum human body. And um, so when a link knowledge of pharmacology helps uh, understand the whole picture and uh, translate not the words, but the concepts and the meaning. And um, uh, also an important aspect of pharmaceutical translation and pharmaceutical texts uh, is that many of them are regulated. For example, uh, the core information about drug product is uh, developed by a lot of people uh, involved in the development and approval and registration process, whatever you call it. And um, later, this information is approved by regulatory authorities and it can be found online and it should uh, really be the basis for translation. 
because uh, documents that we translate, they are used in communication between pharmaceutical companies and doctors and patients, and these communications are also regulated. So it's important to know uh, which parts uh, of the text, for example, are uh, I don't want to say word regulated, but uh, which parts should be compliant with the prescribing information with some some approved classifications and um, names uh, registered uh, proprietary and non-proprietary names. So uh, I hope I didn't get you bored with this, but <laughs> it's a really important aspect. And for linguists, it's really important to understand where to look for this. Uh, as a pharmacist, I've studied all these documents and I know that they're, uh, for example, um, any per, uh, as a pharmacist, I know that there are official registries um, of drug products and official uh, approved information. Uh, and um, I know where to look for it. And uh, as a teacher, I can show it to my students, uh, you know, uh, like show them, uh, guide them in uh, this, uh, uh, I don't know, ocean of information. <laughs> and uh, so that they also, um, uh, so that their translation uh, will be more justified and uh, uh, it will be not just correct, but also compliant and uh, it will make them, um, when a translator references um, an official, uh, for example, um, when, when a translator can justify their translation and base their translation on um, some uh, official document, uh, they it gives more weight uh, to their justifications and in, it makes them look more professional. Um, so uh, it's this is also important for a translator's career to understand uh, this uh, regulatory and compliance aspects uh, in relation to drug products. Uh, so uh, I think that's about it. First, uh, uh, about going back to the challenges. First, there's a lot of information and you need some basis and structure. And second, uh, some of this information is regulated and translations also should be compliant and when translators, uh, when when a translator knows where to look, um, they can add more value to their translation. Mm -hmm. So, um, do you think um, pharma knowledge in pharmacology is useful both to beginner medical translator and experienced medical translator, or I don't know, is it suitable for everyone or uh, you would suggest it to one group or another? Uh, I think it is uh, suitable and useful both for beginners and experienced, trans experienced translators. I've also had uh, doctors come to my classes and study pharmacology with me. And uh, it was very useful for them to look at this uh, discipline from a translator's point of view. And uh, from 
the perspective of translating certain types of documents, not just uh, memorizing drug products and their effects and classes and so on. Uh, and uh, uh, for beginner translators, knowledge of pharmacology, um, general pharmacology, uh, I think I'll just uh, take uh, a couple of minutes to explain that there is a general pharmacology, uh, which covers uh, like general laws and principles um, of how drug products work and how human body affects uh, the molecules, the active substance and uh, the whole drug product. And uh, there is also uh, more specific pharmacology that uh, describes different kinds of drug products, different classes, molecules, and so on. Uh, and uh, for, beginners, for beginners, it's really important to understand uh, the main concepts, uh, the basic principles, and uh, the general terminology. Uh, and for experienced translators, uh, well, um, uh, first of all, uh, medical uh, translation is uh, a, a very wide area and a person who is a medical translator might work with uh, medical devices or software or uh, just uh, texts uh, that uh, <clears throat> maybe describe anatomy, physiology and different diseases, but not specifically pharmaceuticals. So. Uh, a deep understanding of pharmacology can be a great addition to their expertise and might help uh, them gain uh, an additional uh, uh, area of expertise for um, their CV or um, maybe a, um, a pharmacology, by, ex uh, by the way, is a great... Uh, well, knowledge of pharmacology kind of opens you the door to clinical trials because clinical trials are, most of them are about drug products. And uh, in addition to understanding how the trials are conducted, you need to understand how the drug product works and why they are testing it this way or that way. And so uh, it's uh, kind of paramount for translators who or and interpreters who want to work in clinical trials. Um, and I also, um, I mentioned interpreters. Uh, do you mind if I <laughs> tell a few things? Yeah, that might yeah be sure, important. go ahead. Uh, I don't know if we have interpreters uh, in our audience today, so maybe if... Uh, uh, you work as a medical interpreter, you could drop a word in the chat. So uh, show yourself. Raise um, your hand. <laughs> yeah, your hand, yeah. <laughs> so uh, personally, I've worked as a medical interpreter um, and uh, I've worked both uh, at conferences and meetings uh, and also at, at uh, doctor's appointments as an interpreter. And there are two uh, aspects that, uh, two benefits of uh, pharmacology for interpreters. Uh, first, uh, when you work with doctors and patients, uh, often situations uh, arise when someone needs to adapt uh, brand names to uh, non-proprietary names. Uh, 
I also helped doctors find, uh, you know, when a, a doctor from a, another country comes as a consultant, highly experienced consult consultant, they want to prescribe some product, but they don't know the local market. And uh, I know how to find uh, the drug products that are available in local, local market. Uh, this issue also can come uh, can arise during translation when the client uh, wants to adapt the text to local market and the translator needs to uh, find uh, which uh, trade names are available in local market. Uh, so this is also where knowledge of pharmacology can be handy. Uh, and also uh, another important ex uh, aspect for interpreters uh, is that uh, pharmacology is, uh, well, there's a, a tricky bit to pharmacology uh, and it's mathematical because some parameters uh, are calculated based on uh, complex formulas and uh, there are some uh, graphs and plots involved uh, that show effects of drug products over time, blood levels over time and so on. Uh, oh, there are some uh, some interpreters here. Great. Uh, nice to meet you. Uh, so, uh, for example, in my uh, pharmacology course, I explain all these um, plots and graphs that are used uh, to understand and study pharmaco uh, pharmacokinetic, pharmacodynamic properties, meaning the uh, concentration and blood levels of uh, drug substances also uh, to study how fast uh, the drug substance is eliminated from the body and uh, also some diagrams uh, show effects of drug products over time both uh, beneficial and harmful potentially harmful effects uh, so for interpreter, it's um, a great skill to know how to read these uh, plots and diagrams because uh, when they come come up on a screen during a conference or a meeting, uh, it, if an interpreter understands what this graph shows, uh, they can kind of predict what the speaker will be talking about and uh, it makes interpreting easier. So uh, that's... Um, and I think it's an important point, so I wanted to, to mention it, not to get lost. Yeah, yeah that's a life-saving skill sometimes. <laughs> yeah, the prediction is, um, well... Yeah, it's, it's um, crucial. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, um, could you please share more examples of um, how a deep understanding of pharmacology can actually make a difference in, or actually made a difference in your own translation or um, localization projects? Uh, yeah, okay. I'll give a couple of examples. Uh, one of them is um, was uh, kind of totally unexpected. I, I was translating an instruction for use for a medical device and it mentioned um, a drug product which is uh, very widely used, uh, which is paracetamol or acetaminophen. And uh, as far as I remember, uh, uh, the instruction for use mentioned acetaminophen 
And uh, I realized that our target audience doesn't know this name because uh, it's uh, uh, in the target country. Uh, the drug is called paracetamol. So I suggested we change it uh, for convenience. That's uh, small, but I think it's really important. Uh, and um, another, uh, there was a time uh, when um, I worked on a patient-oriented document. Uh, I think it was for a clinical trial, and it explained pharmacokinetics, uh, how the drug is absorbed, eliminated, metabolized, and uh, there was a moment when uh, it was uh, my understanding of all these terms and processes helped make uh, the translation understandable to patients because we really had to transform uh, the wording in the target language to uh, make this understandable so that the patient uh, would also understand what they're talking about. Uh, I think it's just uh, how deep understanding of the topic helps uh, translators convey the message to lay audiences. It's uh, really important. Um, uh, that's why in my course, I uh, also uh, make sure that my students, first of all, they understand all these uh, basic concepts and they have this kind of, you know, they uh, finish the course with a structure in their head uh, so that... Uh, that's the main thing because they can add uh, details later by studying the additional materials I provide and uh, watching some videos and uh, so on. But uh, they uh, have a system to expand their knowledge. Mm -hmm. Back, to your, is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Back yeah. to your first example. Um, the funny thing is paracetamol is so popular or what well, the, the term for paracetamol is so popular and used in Italian. We actually have a song called Paracetamolo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. And it wouldn't work with the other word, which I don't remember, but um, there's no song for that. So yeah, we <laughs> didn't know about that. <laughs> yeah, that's so... That's an important thing there. Uh, the other was, uh, word was acetaminophen. It's an American name. They have uh, different names for some drug products. So uh, it's a thing to remember when you translate um, uh, pharmaceutical texts. Yeah. And um, are there some um, cultural and linguistic nuances that um, translators and interpreters must consider when working with um, pharmaceutical content, you said in different languages and regions other than uh, paracetamol? <laughs> <laughs> yes, sure. Uh, of course, there, there are. Yeah, and um, it's, uh, well, um, There's a, a nuance again, um, because of all the regulations, uh, these um, nuances might be uh, cultural and they also might be country specific. Uh, so related to the regulations. Uh, as for the cu cultural nuances, mostly they consider administration of the products and uh, patient-oriented, patient-facing materials. Uh, 
some aspects of drug administration um, might well uh, you might want to look for language that patients will understand uh, for example in english texts um, uh, some latin expression can come up like oral administration or um, it might be easy to translate it with a similar Latin-based equivalent, but it might not be understand, understood by patients. Uh, I've also I've even conducted some service on my Facebook page back uh, many years ago <laughs> uh, to uh, you know get an understanding of how my friends who are not doctors and pharmacists uh, do they understand some terms related to drug administration or not. Uh, and um, um, uh, there's also uh, a standard wording uh, in patient information leaflets. These are the uh, paper sheets that uh, come with a drug product in a package, a patient information leaflet. Uh, and uh, they might uh, suggest that patient contacts their pharmacist or doctor or someone uh, some healthcare professional if they have any questions and uh, you might want to localize it according to the culture or country whom patient can actually contact and how this um, uh, person would be called. Uh, for example, uh, I myself, I studied pharmacy and uh, my degree uh, is called provisor. Uh, it's a higher pharmaceutical education, but uh, people don't understand this. My friends don't understand this. <laughs> it's easier to call me a pharmacist, uh, which would be uh, a lower level of education, but people understand who this person is. Uh, and uh, during translation of this patient-facing materials, it's also important to uh, keep in mind um, who is communicating with the patient and um, uh, whom the patient will come to to clarify something. Uh, and uh, there is also this um, uh, nuances related to uh, the market and country because uh, while well, we, uh, for example, by creating when creating promotional materials for patients, we always think about the patients, but we also think about the authorities and regulations. And as a medical writer, I uh, also have a, now a much deeper understanding of uh, why this is all important and how strictly it's regulated. Uh, so uh, you have to use specific wording to for example, the disease that uh, the drug um, treats uh, should be called uh, exactly how it is called in the approved information for use. And um, this is called therapeutic indications and they are uh, approved and uh, uh, should be uh, followed strictly. So um, also, uh, there is uh, a classification called uh, Anatomic Therapeutic Chemical Classification of Drug Products, ATC, 
Uh, it's very widely used internationally, and there are official translations of this classification. So if uh, uh, the uh, patient information leaflet of, or the prescribing information, if it uh, references ATC, uh, the translation should go and look for the approved uh, name of the class rather than invent it uh, using a dictionary. And uh, there are many other uh, nuances related to uh, this as well uh, that are region-specific and country-specific. Uh, and uh, this uh, market-specific uh, regulations affect the language uh, uh, because it, it might be also tied to advertising and how the uh, how you can uh, formulate oh sorry <laughs> uh, how you can phrase uh, some of the claims related to the products and so on uh, okay mm -hmm. i think that's about it yeah i think oh, well uh, there's also a fun fact that i um, put aside for this interview i've mm -hmm. come across a notion that in one study uh, only about 30 percent of patients were able to fully understand uh, patient inf patient information leaflet uh, written in their language by specialists so that's a thing to keep in mind when you write uh, documents about patients this is where this cultural nuances really matter, uh, the level of education and understanding and uh, the words you use, uh, they can really uh, play a huge role. Mm -hmm. So um, this is my very last question. Um, so you have an upcoming course, which is called Pharmacology for Translators and Interpreters. Um, what can a participant uh, expect to learn and how will it benefit uh, their medical translation careers? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, I think the most uh, uh, amazing thing about this course is that uh, it is uh, tailored for translators and interpreters, uh, meaning that uh, we will be uh, speaking about how drug products work, uh, how drug substances work, um, and but we will also always uh, keep in mind the, all these official sources of information and we will also cover different dosage forms and uh, how the product is supplied uh, and uh, names of these dosage forms which can also be uh, so, uh, officially approved uh, somewhere uh, or uh, you might find them in uh, some official classification or uh, a guide or something. Sorry. Uh, and um, uh, so we will um, have um, a detailed introduction into these uh, basic terms and concepts uh, which uh, can be very helpful for beginner translators and which can also help experienced translators kind of uh, structure their knowledge and uh, maybe identify some gaps and uh, areas for improvement. Uh, then we will um, 
go through all the processes of drug absorption, distribution, metabolism, uh, and excretion, which is uh, pharmacokinetics. Uh, we will uh, take a look at uh, uh, processes that uh, take place in different organs in the human body uh, in relation to drug molecules. Uh, we will um, take a look at how metabolism is uh, performed by enzymes in liver and other organs. Uh, we will also consider the, uh, then, uh, of course, the pharmacological effects, the beneficial effects and uh, toxicity. Uh, we will touch, uh, I think, a little bit. Uh, uh, it's important to keep in mind uh, that this is uh, tightly related to clinical trials and pharmacovigilance. So uh, I want this course to be very practical and uh, for students to get additional value, uh, I provide additional references and I explain some um, concepts, uh, not only uh, uh, in theory, like in um, student books, but also uh, in relation to clinical studies and preclinical studies and drug approval process. Uh, and uh, at the end, we will also uh, have uh, a webinar specifically uh, dedicated to uh, prescribing information. We will take a look at uh, the main documents for doctors and patients that are approved uh, in uh, European Union and uh, other countries. And um, we will go through some nuances of uh, translation of the documents that are called um, Summary of Product Characteristics and uh, Patient Information Leaflet. So this, it's a very comprehensive course and uh, it will, uh, uh, it helps uh, build a foundation and uh, also go uh, like make an inventory of your current knowledge and uh, helps uh, build uh, a plan for continued uh, education as well, because uh, there's no limit, uh, you know, in medicine and in pharmacology, pharmaceuticals, uh, it's uh, like uh, uh, an uh, always, uh, ever expanding and developing area. And uh, this course will help uh, grow and uh, develop. Uh, so uh, uh, one last thing, uh, also, as I mentioned, uh, uh, this course will help, uh, this course provides uh, all the important references that should be at hand uh, uh, during translation that will help uh, uh, students uh, in their work, that will help uh, justify their choice and look for the right uh, terms and uh, classifications and so on, uh, it will make the work much easier than when you just Google something and have to double check every source. Okay, that looks great. So thank you so much, Katerina, for your time and your precious advice today. Um, 
And you guys, if you want to learn more from Ekaterina, please consider attending her course Pharmacology for Translators and Interpreters. So um, thanks everyone. Thanks again, Ekaterina, for your time and um, see you very soon. Okay, thank you. It was nice uh, talking to you. Thank you for coming. Bye. My pleasure. Bye bye.